Did you ever see this fella? The old man who basically... Is it the virgin, virgin porn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the, yes. this old fella, he basically had been looking at porn, but he didn't want to tell his missus. And, like, the newspaper came around because they had an inflated bill, right? And they took a photo of him next to his missus. Have you ever seen a more guilty man? Right, he's like... <laughs> Have you ever seen a more guilty you know when man? You're in... <laughs> hey, by you know the way, when that's, got... Jimmy, that's Jimmy fast forward 30 years, that. <laughs> You know, when you get in a line and you're too deep and you're like, shit, I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. I'm, do you know I'm, what his face is saying there? He's like, all the lads are going to know that I've been watching porn. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, the worst thing about it, it just fucking tells you about old people. They, you can get porn for free, lads. Stop going on Virgin 999 and getting Babe Station. Fucking Babe Station, yeah. 50p for the shout house. So I've been told. 10 minute um, previews. <laughs> anyway, lads, uh, how's the week been? Uh, we, our, our WhatsApp group has been hopping over the last couple of days. Tank, you were uh, you were back at the city ground in the week. Yeah, fucking unbelievable, mate. Honestly, the atmosphere—he's got that place rocking. You know, honest to God, he has. Really? I mean, I didn't expect it to be like. I know it was a quarter final and that, but I didn't expect it to be. You know, we spoke about a cups on last week's. They've kind of lost the the sparkle, if you like. You know, on this podcast, but fucking hell. There was like a big hype about it, like the lead up to the game. I was in the pub just around the corner with a couple of the lads who we used to know and um, like Stan and all of that who was there when I was there just having a beer. But the buzz around the place, it was fucking heaving, like yeah. literally heaving. And then the atmosphere walking to the ground, it was just like, fuck me, honest to God, it was un- unreal, the atmosphere. I was going to say, Jimmy, you were hoping for an invite. He just drove straight past your house. Mate, he drove past <laughs> my house like it was in the middle of Derby. I oh, just drove past yours. Do you want to come to the match? I've got a spare ticket like about four hours too late. If you asked me a couple of days ago, then I'd have been there with bells and whistles on. I just didn't think he fancied drinking with me because he's an old man and he can't keep up with the young lads. That's a problem. Do you know what? Honestly, I just fucking when I seen the sign bait, and I was like, "Fucking hell, the bait and Blair lives here." <laughs> Mate, <laughs> you literally drove like parallel to my house. You know yeah. the JCB, like that's right yeah. back. My brother-in-law lives the other side of that. Mad. Yeah. So, Next are you time. now saying, "Hold on, Jim, I'm just not going to let this pass here with you painting yourself as some big, big drinker like you." You've thrown Pitch in a couple you under of... the table, lad. Go away. I've been living in Ireland now for 10 years. Nah, 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 nah. Oh, I had a, I had a bad couple of years where I was bad. I was bad. Very time. bad. Very bad. Like, but my kids didn't sleep right. And... Oh, no. We don't, don't give us the song. No, 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 no. Is... I've, I've admitted I was bad, but there's, there's, there's reasons behind it. But old Jim's back now. Last couple of, last couple of times, old Jim's back, and I'm, I'm back on it. Lads, I can promise you this, right? And this is this is not just this is just like this is fact. This is a tank's fact. Tanks. When we come over to Dublin to do the live podcast, I will be tucking you both in bed whilst I crack on and happily, carry on. Lad. That's a fact. <laughs> I'll happily be in bed by eleven, like that's no problem for me. Like, cheers. Have a good night, boys. Make sure you wake me up to let me know you're home safe. <laughs> to, to be fair, when you do both come to Dublin, though, I think there's a very good chance that we'll we'll actually just end up adopting you because that's what happens to me when you go out in a proper nice house over here. It just it has that that pull. Uh, Jim, any news with you, lad? No, lad, just same all week. What did I do this week? Uh, no, bit of golf. Played all right at golf in the wet and wind. 
that's it, pal. Nothing. Just take ferrying the kids everywhere, isn't it? That's all I do. Megan had Ofsted in this week, so I had kids all day and night. Wednesday, Thursday, she was out up till late. Friday night oh. training. Top dad, you. Top dad, you, Jim. Mate, I don't get on with our little. Well, I do actually, but my my patience is very short with him. And if I get left alone, it it's curtains like someone's getting thrown out the window. So we <laughs> try is, and this minimize. Is this is Ralph. Yeah, we try and minimize. We try and minimize my time alone with Ralph to a minimum. Child to be on to you. Right, I'll be in like. <laughs> You just see a flying kid going out the top bedroom window after about 15 <laughs> minutes. Uh, lads, before we move on to the 40, I don't know if you've seen the movie. We watched it. So I had an intense day yesterday, right? Left the house at nine, got home at nine, just loads of, loads of stuff on. Anyway, uh, and got home, put a movie on. It's like, right, so I'll have a couple of glasses of wine, watch a movie, chill, because it's been a, been a busy day. You've seen that Banshees of Inshirin. Uh, oh, I probably said that wrong. I'll get loads of Yeah, I know what you mean. I've started watching it and I kind of like was... Your face is exactly how I feel, so please yeah. continue. It was just like, I turned it off. I think I got about 45 minutes in. I'm like, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> I'm not being funny, about... Kang. You got confused about lines and perspective earlier, so I'm not surprised at someone that might have a little twist in that. Like some of these stats at you in a minute. You're, you're fucked. But that game is like, do you not speak to me no more? No. Okay. Why? I just don't want to speak to you. And that's the movie. And I'm like, there's got to be something else. Mate, uh, so I had this Spoiler whole alert, by the way. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. If you want Jimmy, to. Jimmy, uh, I'm not being funny, mate. Just don't watch it. Because that's the movie. Mate. I like in Bruges. I went to the cinema to watch that. So it's the same people in it, Colin Farrell and that um, the other Irish guy who's my dad, Moody, yeah, out of the Harry Potter this film. This is bizarre. Yeah, oh, no, Jim, like, I, and I'm not going to spoil it for people that want to watch. Well, I probably am because you're not going to want to watch it after they say what I want to yeah, say. Jim, can like, I ask you, did you watch all of it? All of it, mate, because I've got that far that I was like, like <laughs> so basically, ignoring <laughs> the missus was on her phone, right? Because she wasn't overly arsed. But then once she finished messing about on the phone, she then got invested. And she was like, five minutes in, my missus pulls no punches. She's like, you're not enjoying this. I know you're not enjoying this movie. This is not your type of movie. Why are you watching it still? And I was like, because I need to know what the point of it was. It was just what you just said there. Why aren't you my mate? Why aren't you my mate? Then he cut, the fella cuts his finger off and throw, <laughs> and the donkey dies from eating the finger. And then these two just, like, that's basically the story. And they become enemies, but then they're kind of still friends, and then it just finishes. And it's like, yeah, it was the weirdest, and just this sad, weird, eerie music over it. So honestly, it was terrible. And the ending, it just ends. Nothing. Well, I made. said for some reviews, and like everyone was like, "It's the most pointless film that's ever been made." And it's a surprise because them two were fucking. I really like Colin Fallon. That Irish, he's top draw him. Yeah, if yeah he, he was in an Irish film. I can't remember what it was, and he used to walk around. He was like a villain. Like a fucking terrorist, and he used to walk around covering his face. I can't remember the film, but he was brilliant in that. Yeah, and I'm yeah. watching, thinking this is shit. Yeah, that's He'll what I was watching it. Uh, honestly, fuming. So yeah, for anyone that hasn't watched it, I put put a tweet out this morning, and I'm just glad to see that other people felt the same. I wasn't wasn't on my own on this. So lads, right, enough of that. Wait, before you go, oh, no, go on. I watched that. Have you watched that Knives Out and Glass Onion yet? Uh, no, yeah, yeah that it. was another one. Absolutely dog shit. Do you think? I thought I it was a comedy. Oh, is it a, is it a comedy? It's a bit of both, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, I just I, see. I just don't get it. I don't understand. What Are you sure you watched it the right one? Yeah, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. The, yeah. Yeah, I don't oh, get I it, lad. Anyway, then, I, I thought you were going to either not have watched it or agree with me, but fuck you both. No, then. so I'm, I'm on a terrible run. They're the last two movies that I've watched, and they're absolutely terrible. So I'm off movie duty for a while now, so I'm fuming. <laughs> the WhatsApp group has been absolutely hopping. I am very intrigued for what Tank brings to the table here now, because I've got a feeling he might have to change his stance, and I'd be surprised if he does, because I've known him for a while. So we're going to start off with United versus City. We got a question in from my cousin Ray Hughes, shout out to Ray, who wanted to know Rashford's goal. Discuss. Should it have been a goal or not? And then we'll get into the finer details of the game and Ten Hag and all the different elements. But we have to start with that because you two have been at it pretty much for two days. And while I was doing the lunches for the kids' school today, this morning, you two were bang at it. So, uh, Jimbo. Yes. Goal, no goal, what do you think? No goal. No goal by a fucking country mile. But, oh, also, Jim, why are you... Jim, you've gone really dark. Gone I know, dark yeah. It's this camera, you know, on? when the sun shines in here, the camera, like, compensates. You know, I mean, like, they have better. people watching on YouTube now. We need to be able to see your face. Like. Oh. See, look, look, just close to the camera. <laughs> yeah, just sit there like that, yeah. Hands up if Tank's right. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> When I finish my bet, I'll shut the I'll shut the blinds. But um, <laughs> mate, I don't know how it can't be given. Well, I know how it can because the rules state that he has to touch the ball or whatnot. Yeah, but, stop, uh, stop, Jimmy, stop. Debate no, over. I'm not stopping. No, because I'm right. And you're wrong. No, no, no. You've just you've just won the debate no, for me. The rules state that you have to touch the ball. No, stop. it doesn't. No, the rule states you have to touch the ball or if you're interfering with play. Right. So Rashford is running forward towards the goal next to the football. He's literally like a human barrier for this football. Okay, he's not touched it, but he's running directly alongside it. And then he's had a shout from Rash, uh, from Fernandez. He's about 25 yards away. Everyone else stopped because they're going, this is surely offside. Like, at what point does it, is this not offside? And, Ra- and Fernandez is coming and smashed the ball. He fucking is. Yeah, he's he's like, he doesn't want to give his opinion. Him, he doesn't want to give his opinion. He's like he's full of shit. Isn't he? He's full of shit. He doesn't know what he's talking about. No, but um, on a serious note, mate. Right, it's, it's he's running alongside the ball tank. No, how know, can that not be offside? Jimmy, listen, I'm not debating that. What I'm debating is by the letter of the law and the rules of the game, it's a goal. Do I agree with it? No. Should it have stood? Yes, because the laws say it stood. But this is where the confusion is with the game and the rules at the minute that no one knows. Have you seen Liverpool's one at Brighton? Yeah, well, Trent's in the top and the ball gets played out and he... Yeah, throws, and he gives him offside. He shadows it out. Throwing. Yeah, and he gives so it offside. I, mean, I don't think they understand or know the rules. Jimbo, lean closer yeah. to the camera, lad, because it's freaking me out your face being like that. It's not... It's, oh, back the on? fuck up. Oh, hello. Fodzilla. Go to Tank first. I'll shut the blinds. Fonzilla. Go to Tank. Uh, okay, so we'll go to Tank then. Tank, while Jimmy closes his blinds, you were the guy in the group that surprised me the most when we were having this discussion. Because uh, I'll be honest, I, I looked at it and thought it was pretty cut and dry. I, I can't imagine a world where Marcus Rashford is not interfering with play. Um, you had a different take on it. Yeah, I 
it's a goal for the simple, and we've just been speaking about it. Right. The thing is, Jamie, you posted the laws of the game in the in the chat, and not one of them was broken. He never, he never was shielding the ball away from Akanji or whatever his name is. He was he, he was nowhere near him. So he never interfered with him. He never interfered with Walker. So he's not touched the ball. So Listen he's not this. broke any of the laws. Now, my gripe with this was, and this is the rules of the game state that that's a good, that is not offside. Do I think it's offside? I think it's a fucking joke and it should have been offside. But they're not the rules of the game. They've changed. Hang on. They've totally Let changed. Me read these, How many then. times do we say in a WhatsApp group, you, you train all week, you, you play a high line, you stick your hands up, catch people offside, the centre forward runs through, he scores the goal, and then the rounds and goes bang, puts your flag up. So my gripe is not saying to use, use are wrong. My gripe is they're the laws. That's the laws of the game. Now, Let me I've read the laws to you. Today, that uh, over the Trent Arnold one, I don't know whether you've seen that. Yeah. Now, this, this is my gripe. The gripe is not whether it's a goal or it's not a goal. If it is a goal, but then teach the fucking referees and the assistants the laws of the game because that's just going out for a throw-in. Trent's going to get the ball and he's give Trent offside who's not touched the ball. He's not interfering with play. So that's my gripe. I'd slightly change my stance when I've seen another version of the with the goalkeeper because then I'm like, right, well, that is interfering with the play because the goalkeeper is looking at Rashford setting a stance to save a shot from him and he's got no chance to turn and go, oh, fuck, he's not shooting ears. So then that slightly changed my stance on it. But the fact of the matter is, he's not interfered with any opposition player. He's not touched the ball. They're the laws of the game. So it's a goal. Okay, well, listen yeah. to these then. And let me read these. Let me read these. And, and he's doing at least three of these, right? Preventing an opponent from playing or being able to play the ball by clearly obstructing the opponent's line of vision. So is he in Kanji's line of vision? Because Akanji can't run towards the ball because he's clearly blocking his vision. So there's yeah, number one Kanji, that he's doing. He's, he's Jimmy. He's five yards behind him. He's done Akanji for pace. So okay. I showed you that picture. I showed you that picture because he's the reason he's five yards in front of him is because they've played a high line. So they've caught him offside. It, they're not going to be running alongside him if he's offside, is he? So that's Jimmy, number all, one. All the, it's in the paper today. All of these are photoshopped. You're saying they're, they're not, not photoshopped, photoshopped <laughs> mate. They're not photoshopped. <laughs> that's your argument. Okay, if they're not photoshopped, mate, you explain where the fuck Marcus Rashford's gone. Did God just pick him up and say you don't exist anymore? No, they photoshopped Rashford out to show you. You're saying it's not photoshopped. Make your mind up. No, but you were trying to say you were trying to say that they photoshopped the players off of Old Trafford onto a different pitch just to make a different story because because the lines are going different ways from different angles. The two images you sent, the players in a five-yard area surrounded by each other. On the Wait, bottom that's perspective. one, that's perspective, Rashford about though, twenty-five yards away from Fernandez. <laughs> they're not even the same postcode. If you look at people in a straight line, remember they're fifty yards away from each other. They look like they're next to each other, but the angle is from behind the goal. Rashford is here, a kanji's there. Bollocks. Take Rashford out of it, and you <laughs> see a kanji, mate, right next to him. But, anyway, nah. Rules, Listen yeah. to the rest of the rules. This is the first one. You're wrong on. No, correct. Clearly yeah. attempting to play a ball which is close when this action impacts on an opponent. So Rashford blocking that ball for a kanji to come through is impacting a kanji. He never blocked it. 
Not he's one standing contact. behind the ball. Not he's, one he's contact blocking it by being there. He's blocking it by being there, surely. No, he's not. He's not. What? So he's, he can, he's invisible. He goes he's he's run through yeah, him. On, on your Photoshop, he's invisible. He's fucking this. Well, yeah, because he's been moved out. And then Jimmy, the third did, one, did making Rattford an obvious... Did the defender? Did he touch him? Put his arm out? Matter. He's clearly near impeding the invision then, isn't he? So number one comes into play. If, he really can't see enough. through him. He stood right in a Kanji's eye line. Number three, making an well, obvious action, which an clearly impacts. Can you? If he's in his vision, you can't have an offside rule. Because everybody is going to be looking at a play in the ball. So well, now we've got to change the rules for you yeah, to say, but I can see given... We can have an offside rule because if they're offside in the vision, no, they're offside. You can't have an offside rule. Because Why can't you? If you're, if you're a millimetre offside, you just go, well, he was in my eye line of vision, so he's offside. He would have been given be, off. He can't be in my he'd eyes. Off. But normally, if you're offside, That's you stop valid, or it gets given. If it gets given, it's it's offside. The, the, the vision, the Jimmy, the vision one that. is not valid, mate. You can't have the vision one because it's the simple fact of the matter. If you've got fucking eyes, everyone's right. in your vision so on the football pitch. Rashford's arced his run. He's ran offside and arced his run. And they've held their line, right? Now, Rashford's here and Akanji's here. So if Rashford at that point stopped still, dead, right? I'll agree with all your points. Every single point because he's not doing anything. He's... he's Clearly not impacting play. The fact that he runs alongside the ball impacts Akanji's vision and it clearly shows an action. You can't have the vision one. You can't sit. You can't it's impossible to, to have the I'll vision. Say, you can't just say you can't have it because it doesn't fit your narrative. <laughs> you, like. It's not you can't just say you can't have it. So if, if you're offside by a, mill, a millimetre that goes to, to VAR, they just be like, oh no, it's in his vision there. Of course he's in his vision. Well, no, because it only applies to certain situations, though. Okay, so let me... Close your eyes in other situations. No, not close your eyes, but normally you'd be running back, wouldn't you? This is a clear and obvious offside. shouldn't be about whether you're in the eye of vision. It's offside. If you're offside, if you make a run and you're fucking behind a defender, that's offside. Whether you're in the vision or not, it's not valid. It's offside, Tank, and he's impacted the play. I agree with you, but the rules of the game is that he's not. Up the rules. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so on that note, right, to play devil's advocate, I enjoyed that, lads. Thanks for that. Um, if So if I'm going to buy into what Tank's saying, right, in that Rashford didn't influence a kanji now, I'm talking about a kanji, there's no one that can tell me he doesn't impact Edison because that ball, for every time that that ball is rolling through, Edison is looking at Rashford as if Rashford's about to strike the ball. His body shape is is towards Rashford as if Rashford was taking that strike. And then all of a sudden it's left. And then Edison doesn't have time to adjust. And then that, that is impacting the game. And I seem to remember, and I really should have researched this, right? But no. the, I, I think I said it to you. I think I said it to you yesterday, right? Can you not remember the one last season where Rodri yeah. came back? Not last season, season before. I think Couple it was COVID. COVID. I think it was Villa. And he came back from a mass, like he was so far offside, but then he came back in and I think he won a header after he was basically stood behind all the defenders, then comes back into the phase of play, wins a header, goes to Bernardo Silva, Bernardo Silva turns, curls it in top corner and the goal was given. It It's similar to that for me in that the line has been played, the defenders have done their job. In theory, that, that should have been the end of the issue. But then Rashford then steps out of the scenario to allow another player to benefit from 
him being in an offside position and the phase is allowed to continue. So if you're, if I'm looking at that, under no circumstance should that goal be allowed to stand, in my view. I just, I can't, and I feel like if you're going to allow that to happen, then you're going to have teams being smart and looking at ways. Stand offside and, and, and just run side. alongside the ball for someone else to come and get it. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a grey area. I just can't, I think it, personally, Tank, I think it impacts every single defender that is that is in that phase of play and the keeper. I But the, the keeper one, I, I had, because that was one, and I've done a little bit of research. It's, the problem is the keeper doesn't come into the equation with an offside rule. That's the problem. Well, because because it, goes back to, it goes back to point one, though, doesn't it? it it's vision. It, Edison's vision is for Rashford to shoot. So if, if he's in the camp, his vision... on an offside rule, because obviously you can't be offside behind the keeper. Otherwise, you're in the fucking goal. That's the issue. That's being serious. That so, I don't even think his vision the keep, which is wrong, because that would have made me change my mind. But there's no actual. He's not contributing in an offside rule, the keeper, because the you know, it's it's the defenders. You know how many? There's no one who's ever been offside that's behind the keeper. Yeah, but he's but he's, he's still impacted by the phase of. Jamie, play, I'm though. agreeing with you on this. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. I think I, the problem is. And this is the, this is where our game's gone to fucking shit and the the VAR and all that because now VAR is saying the other the baldy fuckers took over Annie the referee and the ex ref he's took over now and he's now telling them to VAR not to get involved now unless it's like a major clear and obvious. So this is the issue with our game now. If you'd have come to me five years ago, I'd have said it's fucking it's offside by country mile. There's no debate, but the problem is the rules. Do we agree with the rules? No, they drive me mad. We speak about it regularly now. What's that group? Just put your fucking flag up. It's offside. Everyone knows. Is they get told to let the phase of play see out. So when they're looking at it, the phase of play is being seen out, and the man who's offside, Rashford here, has not been involved in the play. That's the issue, and that's the rules. I don't agree with it. And I'm sitting there like, I don't agree with it. It should never have stood. But the problem is, the rules oh. state that it should have stood. And I I think that we'll see another rule change. I think we'll see another rule change because of this. Because mm-hmm. it, it is scandalous. I, Mate, I do think it's scandalous. It's, scandalous. it's, it's an awful decision. Regardless of the rules or whatnot, it is an You've awful You've got to go by the rules, Jimmy. They, the rules are in play now. These are the new rules that they brought in to get the game flowing, to keep the, you know, to, to have more percentage ball in play. And... Unfortunately for me, it's killing the it's killing the game. Talking of of the the game, um, aside from obviously the controversial decision, and look, let's be honest, you're going to be you're sick as a dog if you're Manchester City there, uh, you know, to 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 lose a game in that manner. There's a, there's a couple of things that's come out of the game, and there was a lot of questions towards Manchester United in advance of this game. You know, people talking about the work that Ten Hag has done, and are Manchester United back and. Thank you. You've said it to us in in private that you felt like he'd had a handy set of fixtures, uh, and he, he'd been the beneficiary of that. This was the big this was the big test for me for Manchester United to see you know where where are they in in their resurgence? Where are they against ultimately what has been the benchmark in English football for the last however many years? And for me, as an outsider looking in, City had a lot of the ball in the first half looked a little toothless with it to me. And Manchester United did what Manchester United do very well, where there's, they're compact, they can defend well now. And with Marcus Rashford as that as that out ball down the left-hand channel, they looked dangerous. And for me, I had the better chances of the first half. And 
on probably the balance of play, you'd have to say United probably did deserve the result. What did you make of the game itself? I thought you are United back. Absolutely not. Nowhere near back. Nowhere near. And I had this discussion with a, a mate of mine about Arsenal. Arsenal will win the league this season, and the reason the likes of United and people are clamouring saying United are back and Newcastle are doing this and Arsenal are doing this, it's all coincided with a massive drop off from Liverpool. Chelsea, who were fucking 10th and 11th in the league. And I'm going to give myself a pat on the back here. I call this early on in the season on this podcast, Manchester City have fucked the dynamics of their own side up with Haaland. They're not the same side. I don't care what anyone says, they're not. Because now they're like a rigid 4-3-3. Where last season, you could not control that front six whatsoever. You did not know where they were going to go forward and end up fucking right back. All over the place now. They're a rigid 4-3-3 and it's completely fucked them. I didn't think that this was a big, big test for Manchester United because the simple fact of the matter is, have a look at Man City's last five results. They got a last-minute goal against Fulham. They got beat at home against Brentford. They drew against Everton. They got beat at Southampton away in the Cup. And now they've got beat against Manchester uh, Man United. How many times in the past five years would we be sitting here to go, Man City haven't won one game in five? Never happened. Mm. If they dropped a point, it was fucking suicidal. They were that good. I don't think Man United are back. I think the drop-off in Liverpool, Chelsea and United, because of the amount of games that they played last season and they were going all guns blazing for all competitions, I think the legs have fell off the three clubs. I think they've totally gone, including City. Chelsea, I like what they're doing, but the legs have gone. And I think the benefit of that is Arsenal and Man United. Man United are not a great side. Man United have not got many great players at all, apart from Rashford. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because I sit here as a Liverpool fan, and there is a small part, I have to say, Jim, that is sick as a dog, right? And this isn't to do with Liverpool's fortunes as such, but it's it's more to do with the fact that Liverpool have gone toe-to-toe with Manchester City for the best part of four or five seasons, right? And the points total has been ridiculously unsustainable, as in 90, 99, you know, 90 points plus to win leagues, back to back to back, constantly having to go to the well. Every game felt exhausting, but they managed to stay with them. And fair play to City, they managed to do it. Unbelievable side, absolutely unbelievable side, unbelievable manager. It absolutely kills me that Manchester City are having this drop-off at the same time that Liverpool are having this drop-off. Like, it, it genuinely galls me. And I know, you know, opposition fans in, enjoy winding Liverpool fans up. They might say it doesn't bother them, but it definitely will. It's like, I, you know, I, I don't think the COVID title was the same as, and I still feel a little bit short-changed because we didn't get the big party that the players deserve. So, I'm just looking at this and I'm looking at Klopp's tenure and the shite that they're going through at the moment. And for Klopp to be sitting there with one league title, with the team that they had and the numbers that they put up, and then you see City have their drop-off when Liverpool have the drop-off, I am sick as a dog. But yeah. all, all that said, you've got to give some credit to Manchester United for turning over City, no? You have. You have. But, you know, as you say, City are struggling. Now, all the blame's being put on Haaland's door that, oh, you know, he's he's totally changed the dynamics of this team and whatnot. And he probably has. But there's certainly a coincidental um, phase of play from City that De Bruyne is nowhere near his best after a, a, a 
you know, a, a World Cup. Bernardo Silva looked leggy at the weekend. Mares, Cancelo and Foden have both been reprimanded for their actions. So there's no, yet yeah, all gets landed on, on Haaland. So Cancelo, Mares, De Bruyne, Foden. I wouldn't put Grealish in there because I think he's been playing well actually the last few weeks and he's scoring goals and getting assists. But these are the players that should be getting the balls into Haaland. Now, what everyone's done seemingly is just sat back, got two players that are playing one up front and just pumped everyone behind. Man, Man United had 29% possession. 29. So for 100% of the game, they've touched the ball 29% of that, which is, if I'm a Man United fan, the... the, the, the oh, the, don't you mean? Well, it is, Jim. Well, explain you're welcome. If, all right, no, I mean, if, it, if the game was 100 <laughs> minutes, if the game was 100 minutes, let's say they've kicked it for 29, they've oh, had the ball 29. Rain, Let it go, lad. <laughs> My point is, they've barely touched the ball. They've had eight shots. You could have just said that to start with. I know. All right, fair enough. <laughs> but it's, it, it, you know, they've they've done what everyone else is doing. And, and because everyone else isn't on the game, City have struggled to break teams down, which you will do. Liverpool are struggling at the minute or used to, you know, every now and again, you get these one nils to, you know, where you, you're battling against the 10 men, the 11 men behind the ball. And this is what everyone's seemingly doing. But they don't seem to be doing that against Arsenal because they don't see them as that threat yet. I think most people still think Man City will win the league. Um, and I think people take Arsenal for granted, and they've got the benefit of not being in the Champions League, of not playing you know, a lot of games over the last couple of seasons, because they've been poor because of it. I'm going to well, quote. I'm going to quote something. And um, this is without looking at the stat. Let me see if I can find the stats. But I'm nearly sure. Oh, here we go. I got it right. So last season, total games. Liverpool played sixty games. City played fifty-four. Chelsea played fifty-five. Arsenal played forty-five games. So forty-five yeah. games for Arsenal compared to Liverpool's sixty. Liverpool played the most games in club football last year. Real Madrid with uh, Real Madrid played fifty-three. So. They're so benefiting. The, they're definitely benefiting from. The benefit is like Leicester, isn't it? Leicester obviously benefited from everyone else being awful um, on that league when they won their league. So you know, Arsenal are making haywire sunshines, but that's not their fault. You know, fair play to them. At least they're still trudging on. You know, I thought they'd have a couple of tricky games coming up. Newcastle, Tottenham. I think they've got United next, or it might be City actually. Well, you know, they got United. Say, United. Uh, 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 no, that's a test for United. That is a test for United because United, you know, for all Arsenal are a team on the up and they're young, they're fresh, they're vibrant. Whereas City, Liverpool and Chelsea, that was them two, three years ago, but they're coming down now. Once you hit that block, there's only one way down. Well, there's only one way and that's down, shall I say. Um, the thing for me, Jimmy, is what Chelsea are doing if I'm a Chelsea fan, mate, oh, I mate, am I'm excited for the future. The moon with what my club's doing. No, I agree. They are buying agree. young, unbelievably talented players from the Europe from the age of 18 to 22. So what he's done, you might get a lot of flack, but and this is what's killing me about Liverpool because we're getting older as the fucking day goes on that squad, and we're like, we've got no money, but we're going to go and try and sign fucking someone on loan. And it's criminal what these owners have done. I don't want to go into a Liverpool ramp, but. If you're looking at City's a bit similar. City's not really made major big 
you know, well, they have, but they've not been great. Uh, not not great. So Calvin Phillips is a bafflement for me. Rodri plays pretty much every minute of every game, and they needed someone in there to take the take the weight off Rodri, and they bought Calvin Phillips, which on paper was probably decent signing, mate. Yeah. Was a decent signing, but you know he was injured quite a lot for Leeds. He had a great Euros. And you can't account for that. You can't account for him not being the fittest. And he struggled against Southampton in the in the cup um, to the point where most fans are like, get out. Like, we don't want him anymore. So there's that. They've brought Alvarez, who will be, you know, he's a World Cup winner now. It'll be unbelievable. But he's behind Ireland at the minute. He's not going to play, is he? No. Um, they brought that Gomez. But Cancelo was having the season, uh, you know, to... To um, it was pretty you know decent scoring and getting assists. So you know they bought where they needed to buy, but the the signings haven't apart from Alvarez. But you can't you know you can't you can't compare Alvarez to Holland at the moment. I don't have too many issues with their with their signings. No, I don't, and I, and I don't think like you. I I still think that City will win the league. I just have a funny feeling that I think they're the team that can still put in 10, 12, 15 wins in a row. They've done it time and time again. I still expect them to do that. I say that with the utmost respect for Arsenal. I think we've said it loads of times on this podcast. They do. Arteta has done an unbelievable job. I like loads of the players. Um, we're going to come on to them in, in a minute. But I do think there is something in this this Haaland piece that the Tank was saying before. And I, it nearly reminds me a little bit. And please, I'm not comparing Lukaku to fucking Haaland before before one's anyone got, says it. One's but, got 21 goals in about 10 games. <laughs> Lukaku's got about 21 goals in five seasons. But, but if you bear with me, right, I remember a few Everton fans saying similar and United fans saying similar that Lukaku would score goals for the team, team, but the team didn't function as well. It would funnel through Lukaku. So the question I'd ask you, Tank, is in City's case, I think it's, are you better to score... Team goals, so you score, you know, you have seven or eight lads scoring five to ten goals, or Haaland scoring 21 goals in the first 10 games. And if he goes off the boil, then the team doesn't function. Well, the answer to that is you you go with the fucking the methods, what wins your trophies. And at the minute, you know, I'm not saying that I don't think Man City win the league, I, I genuinely don't. I think. I think a couple of teams might finish above them. And I'll answer your question first. When you when you look at the Man we did City, say, sorry, mate, we did say that the one thing City needed was enough. Like if they got went and got a Kane, for example, and then they went yeah, and got yeah, Harley, yeah. just to but, score those tap-ins. That was the Kane, that was Kane for me. Kane for me is an all he's become an all-round football. I mean, the, the assist what Kane gets incredible. He drops deep, he links play, he spins in. Haaland is just in the box, put it in. I want to score goals. That's what Haaland is. So my issue with Haaland is he's probably the best number nine in world football. That's not even a debate. You know, he's he's fucking, he's a freak. He's a phenomenal. But he sold 20 goal a season Sterling, 15, 20 goal Jesus. They had Fold who chip in with 15 goals. They had Mahrez who chip in with 15 goals. And they had other people coming in the bench. They had De Bruyne who chip in with 15 goals and 400 assists. Now, you've got rid of the 40 goals either side, but it's not just the 40 goals you've got rid of. You've probably replaced that with Haaland, but the whole dynamics of the team's completely gone. Hmm. Like, Silver could pop up at centre-forward and Jesus would drop into centre-mid and Foden would be on the right, Mahrez would be on the left, and they were just like red arrows and no one knew how to defend it. You can't defend it. 
You can't you can't set up playing, coaching, and say, right, Foden's gonna be here because then you'd be like, Well, fucking hell, he's not there now, he's over there. And it's difficult to it's difficult to coach and it's difficult to stop. Now they're just rigid and they're a rigid side. And here's the reason why I think they're gonna have another drop is because for me, the two best managers in world football are Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp. Now, the problem with that is they play such high intensity football in games. But it's exactly the same in training, exactly the same. So it's not just the game. It's a shelf life. Yeah. So the games Liverpool played sixty games, or fucking three hundred and sixty-five days of the year. That's how you have to train under Jurgen Klopp. You can't just go in and have a little five aside and a little fucking game of head tennis. Everything's drills, running, power, fucking, and the training. People don't take that into account. You know, when I was at Forest and we had games Monday, say we had games on a Saturday, Wednesday, we do absolutely fuck all. On a Monday, Tuesday, you'd play, you'd be off Sunday, you'd have a little tickle on a Monday, Tuesday, game Wednesday. These don't. These are drummed and drilled and fucking intensities off the charts. So you've got to take account of the training. These lads are fucked. They're gone. One one thing I have to say, Jim, with uh, on the Man United piece, because with Ten Hag, I think one thing that he's done very well is he's managed, and we've seen it used to great effect with Liverpool. And and there's a, Tang spoke about it at the start of the podcast with Steve Cooper and the City fans. He has found a way to reconnect Old Trafford yeah. with the players. And that, for me, is the most impressive thing, because when you're a club of that size and you've had a, a long periods of, of instability or negativity, it can be a tough place. They've obviously got the issues with the owners that are ongoing. But he is now starting to get that stadium buying into what he's selling. And the players, particularly Casemiro, I think has made a huge difference. There's a there's something building there. I'm not saying they're back. I think there's some truth in what Tank was saying before. But they're a different outfit, especially with, them, with the fans behind them. Yeah, but let's have it right. Like, Yeah, he has got them on board. He's got them on board by winning. And he's not gone by winning playing pretty football. He's gone by dogged determination. So... If I'm anyone, if I'm a football fan and I'm supporting a team, if I'm losing, if I don't know if we're going to win or lose every week and you go into that ground in anticipation of winning and you lose, you're not going to have the fans on your side, are you? And that's seemingly what was happening with United. Now, Liverpool didn't have that. You will go into other games thinking you're going to win and it'd be a shock if you're losing. But now you're all feeling this pain now and... So you start to look at other avenues to um, to vent your anger at, whether that's the board, whether that's the manager. And that's what the previous managers have, have had to deal with. They've not made the team solid enough to go and win. They didn't go and get reinforcements that they should have done. Casemiro has been unbelievable. Unbelievable signing, mate. Eh? Man United manager didn't get reinforcements. No, no, I'm saying that's not what I said. I said the reinforcements that they needed. So you can go and get reinforcements, but everyone knew Fred and McTominay wasn't the strongest CDMs in in the Premier League. Yet they yeah, we've we've said for a long them. while United need centre mids, and they didn't seem to go and didn't get centre mids. But they? then they've gone and got Casemiro, Christian Eriksen, by the way, who is doing the hard work that we all thought he couldn't do which allows Bruno Fernandes to maybe push on a bit more. Now, Fernandes is getting goals and assists now. 
but he's got a back four uh, defensive two that he knows he can rely on in Casemiro. He will slow down the play for Ericsson to drop back in. And, um, you know, that's what he's done. He's probably, he, he's, I'd like to see the possession percentage, uh, percentages over the last however many games, because I can't imagine that they that it would be that high. I don't know. Are the United fans happy with the style of football they're playing or are they elated that they're winning again? Um, and, and I don't know the answer to that. I'm sure someone might be able to tell us. Um, but you're right. To start building them blocks, you've got to have that solid foundation. So if you don't concede goals, regardless if you have 10% possession or whatever, and this goes to any Premier League manager, if you can't con stop conceding goals, you're not going to win. And that's what United have done. I want to move on to uh, Everton Tank. And I want to come to you on Everton because it's, it seems like a bit of a saga going on there. Uh, you know, there was reports of the board being told to stay away from the stadium for report. You know, for... Well, only because one got put in the fucking headlock. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I was. Got, I've actually got that. I've got that in my notes. I've written rumors of directors being put into headlocks, um, which we shouldn't laugh. Obviously, uh, players being abused in the car. There's videos coming out. Anthony Gordon, Yerry Mina got out of his car to, to talk to some of the fans. You know, Paul uh, Tyler Sims was getting it. Who's Paul? Who's that? Paul. He just got back on loan from Sunderland, didn't he? Not Paula. Paul, uh, as in like, P-O-R. Kids uh, only just come back. Yeah. yeah it's abused. Not a, not a happy camp, Tank. Um, I just want to give you a stat before you, you give me your thoughts on, on what's going on. No permanent manager in Everton's history has lost a higher percentage of their matches than Frank Lampard at 53.5%. So there's lots going on at Everton. Oh, he gets them. Yeah. He gets them. We've said this so many times. He's the biggest fraud in football. He's an absolute fraud. And the longer he's... I'm by the sounds of it. I think that the owner has kind of like washed his hands, even being honest. He's kind of like... There's no more money coming from me. To sack Frank Lampard and all of the staff now probably costs five, six million. Why would you want to do that? He doesn't want the club. It's a poisonous club. And, you know, I've got good friends who are Evertonians. Some of the stuff I've seen online, you know, uh, like, it's it's sick. It's absolutely sickening. You know, I know we're laughing about it, but the, the woman got put in a fucking headlock. She's only going to watch a game of football and she gets put in a headlock. Who the fuck gives them the right to put anyone in a headlock? The Anthony Gordon one for me was despicable. He's just a young kid who's come on and in Everton's eyes, he was doing unbelievable. And he was, he was a massive threat. He'd done really, really well, but chasing him down the road, saying, fucking your shit out, lads, and fucking smacking his car and telling him to get out the fucking car, putting bollards in the way of his car. I mean, this is a 19-year-old kid, is it? Yeah. He's just starting out his career. My, my thing for the Everton fans is, what what you thinking, what you think that's going to achieve? You think them players are going to go into training and go, I got chased in my car and got threatened to get my head ripped off, the board's been put in headlocks, boys, come on, we've got to go and play well for these. Really? Fuck that. You'd be like, fuck these. Fuck them. I'm Gordon. I'm going to get me out of here. Get me out of here. ASAP. Yeah. It, I just, you look at it and I get that it must be tough for Everton fans, but at the same time, what? But when has it been what, good, though? 
This is what I was going to say. What the ever? What's the what's the bar? What's the bar here? Nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> <laughs> what's That's the but what's the bar? As in, what are they stra- Like what? What is success for Everton now? Considering like they're a huge club, great history, but what is the bar for Everton I guess now? For me, Everton fans, they've had you know you look down the line don't you, of, of the past and and who they've had. So you look at Neville Southall, David Unsworth, Alan Stubbs, um, Wayne Rooney, uh, Big Dunk, and what they all have in common is not ability; right. it's fight and heart and this is why i think they're frustrated he was all bad he, he, <laughs> he wasn't right, bad he wasn't <laughs> bad lad. let's let's have it right he was all right but what he f- had first and foremost was fight and that's that's what he that's but that's what they're used to so i think now they're seeing it and this is the premier league all over isn't it because what english player other well gordon maybe obviously gordon homegrown no Dwight McNeil's English, but you know he's he's a fucking show pony. He's not do he's not seemingly someone you want in the trenches. Calvert Lewin's wearing his skirt and his handbag left, right, and centre. So they haven't got that homegrown player to sort of latch onto, get everyone running around, flying into tackles. Come on, that sort of stuff. So that's what I think they're frustrated at that they've got all these. They don't see um, fight. Yeah. And I can understand that. I can understand that. But there's ways and means to, to vent your frustration. Um, and the issue I've got is, I think, how do Everton fans, do Everton fans think they're too good to go down? Because that's what I think they think they are. But no one's too good to go down. You know, did Newcastle have Michael Owen when they went down? They had some, they had some amazing well, yeah, players. He didn't play in the running, did he? Yeah. No, because he didn't want to get injured. But, you know, they had a decent team to go down. Uh, Stoke had a f- seemingly decent team and they went down. So, do they go down? Yeah, I think so now, mate. For me, I think Because, and I think this is where people like Forrest are making hay while the sun's shining because everyone else below them is so bad. Everton Forrest. are bad. Talking South of Forrest, Am- talking of Forrest, actually, sorry, Jim, just going to say there, we, we had a couple of questions that come in on Forest, and I want to ask Tank's opinion on, on a few Forest bits because your predic- prediction for Forest at the start of the season and where they finish, old Tank, my boy, isn't uh, isn't too far away. You know, okay. they're climbing that okay, table. Okay, uh, but we had, yeah, we had a couple of questions coming in. Um, first one is from, from Stavesy, um, who asks, What do you put the improvement down to? Because you know, it had, you know, the, the home form in particular has been has been great. Um, but just generally, they seem to have, have really turned a corner now. So you, Forest goggles on, you must be enjoying it. What do you put the improvement down to? The manager. Just the manager. I'm going to read some stats out for you. Oh, here he is. Go here he goes, lad. I'm a stat man. <laughs> Since Steve Cooper come in, right? He's so good. Here's what he's done for Forrest. Look how excited he is to read. I've got them here. I've got them. He come in. I think it was the. I think it was November, right? So just over twelve months or so, right? When he took over in November, he took the club from bottom to fourth in the league in eight months, right? He took them to the first playoff semi-final win ever. 
the first time at Wembley in 30 years. He got the he got them promoted for the first time to the Premier League after 23 year absence. He's took them to the first FA Cup quarter final in 26 years. He's took them to the first League Cup quarter final in 29 years. The first League Cup semi final in 31 years. I'm 13th in the Premier League at the minute. He's achieved all of that in 15 months as Forest manager. Wow. 15 months. There's only one man who takes the plaudits to that. It's fucking phenomenal. We spoke on a podcast when they were bottom of the league in the Premier League. And we would say, and lads, I'm going to like call you out here. You were saying, I think they'd go down. I think they've signed too many players. And I was the one who kept saying, I think he'll coach them on the training field and they'll click. And fuck me, boys, they've clicked. <laughs> They're not far off Liverpool now, Jamie. <laughs> I, tell, I tell you, it must be because obviously it's been such a strange season in that you were trying to embed, like you're trying to bed in so many players. 23, rumors, I think it was. Was it Jimmy? Yeah, Jimmy or not? 23. 25? 25. There's, there's rumours now that. of more players coming in. I think Danilo has come in. For, we were just talking before the podcast started. Uh, it's coming in with, with a big reputation. It shows that they're clearly not done yet. It, that, when you talk about those 15 months there and all the things that he would have come up against, having to bed in 25 new players there, there or thereabouts, yeah. that is unbelievable. When you're trying to... You're talking about, for example, to put my Liverpool hat on, Nunes and how much of a change it made for Liverpool and their style, you know, trying to bed him in and, and to, to the system, the philosophy, the clock yeah. way. Try doing that with 25 players. Exactly. It's scary. I mean, I look at the left-back who they got from Atletico Madrid, the Brazilian kid. Ren His first Lange. few games, you're like, oh, fucking hell. Now, his last three, you're like, wow. Now I get it. He's a fucking phenomenal. He is unbelievable. He is unbelievable. And it does take time. So, you know, go back to Liverpool, Jamie. When Klopp signs players normally, like Fabinho, Fabinho and Robertson actually kicked the ball for Liverpool for the first out, six months he? of the career. And then yeah. all of a sudden, they come in. So, he's had to do that with a squad of 25. And it's just, I mean... No one's going to go to Forest and get an easy game. Let me tell you that now. It's a fucking fortress. I mean, the, the, the atmosphere the other night when I was there was off the charts. And anyone who's going there in the league is going to, if there's just a slight dip in the performance, whether it be Man City, Liverpool found out, they're going to get turned over. How do you know what the atmosphere was like, lad? You're in the posh seats. You're behind the window. In and out, in and out, son, in and you out. You behind the window, lad, with all the prawn sandwich for Prawn sandwiches for time. No, mate, in and out, now to gems. Stop sounding like you're one of the lads, lad. You're in the comfy seats in the, with the heating on. Yeah, I didn't have a coat on, actually. Uh, Cooper for England. He's, he's a potential. He's won a World Cup. He's won a World Cup. He's won a World Cup. Why not? Um, Jim, I want to ask your opinion before because we got low, a, a few uh, listener questions to, to finish on, right? So I just want to touch on something quickly before we get on to, to, to those. The Arsenal Spurs game, right? Impressive win for Arsenal yet again. This was a game, you know, we all know anything can happen in derbies. It's never going to be an easy game going going there for, for Arsenal. They made it look like that. Arsenal, you know, they they answer. I don't even know if there is a lot of critics, but it's one of those where it's like, oh yeah, that'll be a test for them. Oh, that'll be a test. Yeah, it's just yeah. passing, passing with with flying colours, and and they did it yet again. And for me, the form midfielder in European football come to to centre stage again. What a, I mean, what a player he is. I feel like I, I feel like I learn more about football every time I watch him. He's he's a joy, an absolute Mate. joy. Um, Marv, uh, long time listener, Marv Bentley says. Will Arsenal win the league? And 
will Conte see out the season? I don't. I don't think Conte leaves on his own accord. Whether he gets sacked or not, I don't know. I think Levy will wait, but he's not got long on his contract, so the the payout can't be too big. They brought him in to win things. And the way you win things is make them tough defensively, like Ten Hag, and hit people on the counter-attack. Yet, they have they conceded first in like 16 of the last 20 games or something mad like that? They they just constantly concede first. Um, they're having a battle with Liverpool for that. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as I said in a couple of podcasts before, Spurs are set up like a defensive team that aren't very good at being defensive. So, like, what, what's the point? Do you not go, right, let's just try something else? But I don't think he's got a plan B. So, Spurs are awful. Conte will stay until he gets sacked, but uh, which I think might be quite soon, probably to the end of the season now. Um, but what the other question was... Arsenal was win it? the league. Arsenal win the league. I think whoever wins out of City, Arsenal, I think it's February the 8th or something, 2nd, maybe, something like that. They've come up. Whoever wins that game... Um, win the league. If Arsenal draw, I think they win the league. Tank, your mate Richie Arlison, right? So there's yep. obviously a bit of nonsense going on at the end of the game. Uh, you know, my my two pence worth, under no circumstances should fans be anywhere near players on the pitch. Absolute gobshite, throw the book at them. Anyone sh- sharing it, laughing at it, you're part of the problem. People just need to get a bloody grip of themselves, whether it's Everton supporters trying to uh, to assault directors or fans thinking that they can they can touch and, and, and assault players. If you're going to give it to players and they give you a little little smile back or a little kiss of the badge, take it. It's part of the game. Get on yeah. with it. So the idea that a fan thinks that he can do something like that, throw the book at him, stupid gobshite. But uh, Richarlison annoyed me, I have to be honest. He's, he's never too far away from sticking his old beak in. To, to these type of things. He was at it on the touchline uh, with um, Tommy yeah. Asu, just needlessly. And then he's obviously having a bit with Ramsdale. Again, if you're giving it out, you've got to be able to take it. And he's just, he just seems, he just annoys me. I, I have to be honest, he's always annoyed me, needlessly getting involved in stuff. The thing about a Charleston is, and I know his record for Brazil is okay, he's actually shit. Not He's okay, actually mate. shit. Good. It's a decent record for Brazil, mate. Okay, Jimmy, that's fine. But half the time you're playing fucking Ecuador's or part-time countries. Judge, judge, judge's record in the Premier League is shit. He's gone to Spurs, and he's even shitter. And the the spotlight's on him a bit more. And he's crumbled. His record for Everton last season was fucking horrendous until the last eight games, and he got a few pens and a few goals. Take them away, you was shit. I don't get. I'm, I've got to be. I've got to be honest with you, Jamie. I'm more disappointed with the Arsenal goalkeeper than anything because if Charleston come to me like that, I'm fucking dropping him. I'm chinning him, and I'll just take the repercussion because he's an absolute tool of a player who's not very good. He scored zero goals this season, but he swans round giving all of this arrogance and like trying to front and he hasn't had the right to do that. You like seeing Alan Shearer's used to do that. They'd front you, they'd fucking square up to you, they'd be in your face, but then he'd score 40 goals a season. Mm. But going on to the fan, you know, it's like, fuck me, it, it, it's, it seems to be creeping into the game a little bit as well, doesn't it? If yeah. you're giving a play, I like the Arsenal keeper, but I think he looks a chirpy character. Nah, and he's just like he's being taken a load of shit 
and he's just give a little bit of one of them two one two nil shut the fuck up game over unlucky and then he thinks it's coming. I mean he sprinted down and volleyed him at the back he's a coward and I hope he gets banned for life. Can I just say on Arsenal right Jim is there a little something Arteta and the team have been in trouble a few times um they've got a little bit of needle about him Got a bit of shit in them. I like. It. I hate. I mean, I hate Ramsdale. I think he's a proper shit house. I don't like what he does. I think he does it for the cameras. I think he does it because he knows he's being watched. I don't. Uh, what what that fan did was no way, shape, or form right in any way. But Ramsdale is constantly doing this now, constantly because he knows he gets the um, he gets uh, the uh, the what's Turned it called into a meme. Not, not a meme. He gets, he gets yeah. the attention that he that he's craving, and he, yeah. But he gets the attention he's craving. He's done it for like the last however many games where he kicks the ball and everyone goes ooh, and then he does that and he like gives it a punch and all that sort of stuff. I don't like it. You're a Premier League footballer. You're not playing down the park with your mates. Or you don't want to see characters, Jim. No, nah, not. I do want to see characters. I you do. Put, you used to wear pink boots, lad. Yeah, like that. That's fine. Like do stuff, but don't. I don't know. It annoy. It really annoys me what Ramsdale does. No, okay. I, if he was doing it just for doing it, like just for for being a character, I think he's doing it because he's. You, you don't think it's genuine? You think it's for the cameras? I think it's for the cameras. So if yeah. this is why I will never watch a video where people are being videoed, because you always know when you're being videoed. Always, regardless if someone's secretly filming, you're not. You've got your camera out and everyone can see it, and they get like a reaction. And people do stuff for the cameras. I think he's doing that. Um, that on nights out, does my own. Yeah. So, but this is. And Richarlison, I want to see that from Richarlison. That's what I want to see from my players. Get pissed off when if Ramsdale wants to give it, that's absolutely fine. But don't get upset when players get annoyed by it and want to give it back. All the Tottenham players should have been steaming in on Ramsdale. But did you, did, what you've just said about Ramsdale, Richarlison does it, but ten times not, he's he's backing himself though, isn't he? No, and I mean, when he's Rich- in the paper with Martinelli went to fist pump when he took a corner, he fucking blanked him. No, I missed and he that. said on the comments after he said, said I blanked him because he's diving. How the fuck can he comment and dive in this pigeon? <laughs> Look, I get it. Like even when he was doing that, um, you know, when he was doing the flicks and stuff. Where I can't remember. I can't remember. Was it against Forest that Forrest, one? Yeah, but Andy Johnson, I ended. Yeah. That's bang out of order. That's that bang out of order. And I'll say that's out of order. The big lad come on for Arsenal, Jamie. What's his name? The fucking um, the, is it Gabriel. the Chinese centre half? Oh, Tommy Asis, mate. I thought he was unreal just when he came on Charles and tried to muscle him a few times. Tommy. Ironed, just yeah. got flattened by him. Um, but when imagine. Richarlison did that flick, and all the Forest fans are going, all the Forest players are getting into it, everyone applauds it because it's Richarlison, no one likes him because he's one of them players that everyone hates unless he's on your own team. Whereas when Richarlison's doing it to Ramsdale, everyone's like, oh, Richarlison, you're out of order. Like, But it's exactly the same. It's just because it's him. Listen to questions, right, to finish. So we've got a couple of good ones, right? Um, now, Albert, Albert Crowley sends in now. This is off the this is with the context of Liverpool's struggles. So obviously <laughs> we don't want to talk about Liverpool's struggles every week. Maybe some people do, but I certainly don't. Um so linked to Liverpool's struggles, can we draw on playing experience and how you saw confidence erode, lost faith in coaches or teammates and what effect it had? Jim, you had a particular one you wanted to call out yesterday. 
Yeah, not as in uh, it's erosion in confidence and and how it is now. It might not be the same in in Tottenham, but uh, in Tottenham in Liverpool, sorry. But this is this is my own experience of it. So I was at so I was at went to Colwyn Bay and I was playing at Colwyn. I went, went probably for the last ten games. Uh, decent dressing room, decent lads, and we we, we got promoted actually. I, I was getting assists, playing on the right of a front three, just whipping balls in for the big lad in the middle. He was heading them in. We we, we flew, missed the final because I had a big old black eye. Actually, missed the playoff semi uh, final, scored in the, the semi final for a, a black eye. Shit bag, mate. I'll send you a picture in the in the WhatsApp group of it. Um, I tried to play, but I, my eye wouldn't open. Couldn't open my eye. Like it had swollen shut. Scored in the semi, edit, got headbutted in the meantime, and then uh, that was it. I missed the final. But what I went about from you, there. Jim? Come on, get on with no, it. Get well, on it the is. Story. Well, I went from Le- there to Leak Town, right? And I was scoring. I'd scored 14 goals in all competitions. This, I'm sure this was before December, mate. I was flying, right? Is he just reading like, off his stats here, Tanker? No, no. I want to put context into how I was doing, right? Playing in a team that I enjoyed, good mates, and we're flying. I got bought then by Fylde, right? They 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 came and bought me for, and put me on a contract for 18 months. And I went there and I hated it. Absolutely hated it. Lads were fucking toxic. It was awful. I'd gone from being scoring everything to not being able to trap a ball. My confidence was so low and I was just like, it, it, I was I was flying. They, they changed my position. I went up front. So I went from here down to like rock bottom couldn't fucking do anything all because my confidence in the surroundings myself everything else just went and that would seemingly then pass on because if they like pass a ball to me it bobbles over my foot everyone else goes oh god they don't want to play with you so as a team that starts spreading around that toxicity spreads around luckily we had half a decent team and it was a rubbish league so we did all right but that's from a point of confidence. Once that confidence gone, you do not want to touch anything. You want to keep as far away from the ball as you can. Please don't pass to me. Don't come to me. Just There's ways to hide on a pitch as well. I can just ghost. Know. I can ghost yeah. behind players. I can get the ball, give it just give it away, simple straight away, or try something, lose it, and, and you're back to square one. I didn't want to be on the pitch. I didn't want to be anywhere near it. I hate, like I said, I ended up going out on loan. I was, and that was the start of the downfall. That was the start of the end of me not liking to playing football anymore because of sort of the environment that it was. The environment was awful. It was really bad. It's funny because a lot of people, tank they, you know, football fans, they don't see whether it's managers or players as as humans in a way. And, and by that, I mean the emotional side of it. They just think, oh, well, they're paid well, so they should be able to handle these things. You know, yeah. trapping a ball, you've been able to trap a ball since you're five. It doesn't matter. You just, it, you know, it's learned behaviour, but it's just not like that. Like, I've had loads of experiences, like Jim said there. What about yourself, Tank? Is there, is there anything from whether it's um, maybe on the manager side or the coach's side where they started to lose the dressing room? Because I know as well as, as you lads, Dressing rooms can be unforgiving places and you can spot an imposter an absolute mile away, whether that's a player, coach, whatever. And once those little chinks start to appear, they can things can, can move quite quickly. It is. I mean, on the on the confidence side, I mean, I, I had I had something where I went through a game, a period of about 12 games for Forest, and I was fucking, honestly, it was like I'd, I'd gone. 
and I was playing, and you know, I was what the main. What started player. it? Was it one particular? Was it a you know player it, or? You no, know, it's just kind of like you know when you have a bad, you know when you have every everyone we all know when we have bad games. It. You know, yeah. you don't have a bad game, and think I was all right there. But you know, I've had a bad game, and it but it carried on like one of my attributes was the fucking I could whip a ball in like you wouldn't believe. But I was getting to the byline and I'm crossing them behind the goal. I'm fucking dinking them and they're going over the crossbar. And this lasted for about 12 games and I couldn't do it. And the fans were getting on me back a bit because I was the one who was scoring and assisting at the time. Yeah. And I, I I speak to our Jack about this all the time. And this is why I think Liverpool might just click because I remember the game we were playing at home against Burnley. I'd started off, he'd knocked the ball. I got it. I whipped it down the channel, straight out goal kick. And I've gone, oh my fucking God. Not Same again. things happening. And about 20 minutes in the game, I was knocking balls out of playing the touchline, just couldn't do it. And I got the ball about 30 yards out, and I've just it was one of them fuck it moments. And I've just smashed it and it went straight in the top corner against Danny Coyne, who was a mate of mine at uh, Tramia. I just fucking banged it, like never even meant to score, if you know what I mean. Just thought I'm just gonna nail this, and it went right in the fucking top corner. And it was bizarre because after that, I was back. And it was Everything like just lifted. It's strange what confidence does. Like, so I know what Jimmy's on about. As a manager, with the perfect example is Gary Megson. He came into our changing room, which was a great changing room of Forest. The lads were fucking by that time. We weren't a we weren't a very good side. We were just, you know, we had, you know, we never had all of the players have been sold. But we had a great changing room. And he came in and he fucking decimated it. He cut all the characters out. We all got sent up to, like, they were building the academy. I got sent up to the academy. We weren't allowed in the training grounds. I had to get changed in the container, believe it or not, and then come uh, to the uh, city grounds, walk down to training, get back in my car and fuck off. There was about six of us. Dave Johnson was one. Uh, me, uh, Gaz Edwards, the keeper of Everton, remember him? Fucking, what was it, Paul Gerrard? Yeah. Not allowed anywhere. And he just fucking ruins it, but he ruins it for himself because the changing room changed on him. Forrest got relegated to League One that season. And what was his reason? Mate, this day, the I, mean, I don't know. I, honestly, I, it, you might think I'm fucking mad here. He got signed by Brian Clough, didn't he? And Brian Clough came out and said he's one of the worst players I've ever seen. Actually, come out publicly and said that. So they made the fuck up. He's shocking. I I honestly think to this day he's come back deliberately to fuck Forrest over. Because honest to God, lads, it was like it was crazy some of the stuff he was doing. It was crazy. And the team that he was doing, and we were fucking yeah, but he just totally fucked the club up and himself. The club got relegated and he got he's I don't think he's ever worked in football again since. Maybe it was part of his big grand plan. Honestly, I genuinely think it was. <laughs> uh I'm trying to think of my practical example. Actually, Jim, I think you were there for mine. So I we were playing for Warrington Town at the time and I was playing centre mid and I was having a crisis of confidence. So everything that Jim just said, I, I know it so well, especially when you're playing in centre mid and I was playing in a deeper role and it's your job to get on the ball and play. And I didn't want the ball and I was finding that I was I didn't have the picture of what was going on behind me. I was very closed off. So I just became like, a, I was like the definition of a crab, like a definition of a crab. Give me the ball and I'll just give the centre back the ball straight away back or would give it to a full-back. I'd never look to turn and be expansive. I just, where's the easiest, simplest pass? And just, I'd nearly con my way through games. Five-yard passes, five-yard passes. I was shite. I was doing nothing. I was doing none of the stuff that I felt I was good at because I didn't want the ball. And I, I was just, I was I was hiding in, in plain sight. And I, remember, I don't know if you remember it, Jim. I think I meant whether I told this in the podcast before. And the, the manager got the sack. New manager come in. He'd been watching a load of games. And he said to me, before that match, he said, will you play right back for me? 
And I was like, I was fuming at first. You know me, Jim. I was like, what the fuck? I played centre mid. What's it? What's he mean? Right back. So just give me, give me the game. Just play the game at right back for me and just see how you get yeah. on. Yeah. And he turned around to me and he said, your body shape is closed off to the game. He said, so you're not seeing the picture. He said, but if you see the picture in front of you, you've got a great pass. He said, you've got a good ping on you. He said, so I want, I want you to use your ping today. He said, if you see it, he said, if the ball's not, you can't zim it into the centre mid. He said, there's always the out ball clipping over the fullback's head, get them turned. He said, you, you just play from there. Jim, you remember that game? You, what, you weren't bench, playing that. You, I was you on were the on the bench. bench. <laughs> I think and I come I, back from a broken leg. I swear to God, it was it was like I was playing a different match. You'll know it better than anyone tank playing at fullback. You, if you can pass a ball, there's always a pass on. Yeah. You'll always be able to do something. Um, from somebody who played centre mid, closed off, ne never any time, back to play all the time. All of a sudden, I'm playing fullback. I'm like, fucking hell, I can't give the ball away here. This is absolutely <laughs> class. And I was like, I remember, Jim, you don't even remember. I started pinging oh, balls. And Jim was like, mate. What is going on here? It was like cross me You did that ball for right back, like 80 yard diag to the left winger's feet, lad. Me, I, you smirking at I was on the bench. <laughs> I, I had a sniffy on the bench. I did, lad. Like, go on, lad. So, no, that was, and that was a, a game where it was like everything just, it's like that suit of art. It just lifted. The fog just lifted. It was like, give me the ball now. Give me, boom. He's like, I just want to be on the ball. So it's funny how just one small thing, subtlety. Good coaching, good awareness of a player can, can totally change your perception. Um, lads, I want to finish on one thing, right? Now, this is a, I love these questions. Is it bad that we do a football podcast? And I love it when we get non Nah, these questions. are the best ones, lad. These are the best questions. I love this. So this is coming from Johnny, right? And yeah, Johnny. Uh, Johnny wants to know, and again, he makes reference to, to, to get away from the misery of being a Liverpool fan. So yeah, I feel your pain, Johnny. Uh, he wants to ask, what is the biggest and largest number of animals you think you would defeat if you were locked in an empty room? And for context, Tank, he says he <laughs> thinks he could do 12 raccoons at once. Raccoons are bad. I, I saw that. And, like, raccoons are hard, lad. Yeah, I think they'd be <laughs> little vicious. I think, he's, yeah, I think Johnny's yeah. struggling against 12 raccoons. I'll be honest. I feel they'd overpower him. But if he backs I don't himself... Think I don't think he's got it in him. They start biting his scratch. They start biting, lad. You're going to struggle. I'm, I'm worried what Johnny gets up to in the spare time, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> if he's dreaming about fighting raccoons. No, I, I, you I know what I love about Johnny there? He's gone, yeah, six, I could take him. Ten, yeah. yeah, I reckon I could take him. He's like, Twelve, my limit. <laughs> what is, Twelve. What is limit? <laughs> if that 13th comes in, 13, I'm he's dead. <laughs> Uh, go ahead, Jay. Who's who's got an answer? Tank, do you want to go first? What do you, what animal would you fight, and how many of them? Probably have a little go with a lobster. A lobster One lobster? Is... No, no, no. I think I could take quite a few. I think I could get up to about fucking thirty lobsters. I think after that they might get a grip and like. Are we talking like I'm thinking? Uh, celebrity, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here! And you're in like a little little box, and there's like yeah. 30, 30. Yeah, yeah. I think because you, you know, if you just put them in a the room, I'll fucking smash them. But once they start nipping and biting, you know, you're taking your eye off one, and then the other will get you. So I think I could go to probably thirty. After that, I'm in a bit of trouble. Thirty lobsters, I like it. What about thirty? Just imagine a tank fighting thirty <laughs> lobsters. <laughs> Away, lad. Fuck off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you Sorry. Do you know what? Do you know what? We were meant to use the swear jar this week as well. I know. Yeah, I it. saw Sorry. quite a few times. Jimmy's been terrible this week, swear. No, I have been bad. I apologise. Sorry. Uh, go ahead, Jim. What's your animal and number? 50 ducks, lad. I think I could take 50 ducks on. 
50 ducks. 50 ducks. Got no teeth. In a room, just you and 50 ducks. That's yeah. That's overpowered. Got no teeth, lad. Got no teeth. Do you ever been to a duck do? <laughs> uh, what's a duck do, lad? Go on. Love it. You do know I know that joke, right? I know, mate. He, he yeah, helped yeah, out, yeah, yeah, I love it. I Don't be going. I got I Jimmy. I didn't think you knew that, Jamie. <laughs> did he, nah, did he I not used to have I a went... drinking game with that, Jim? No, we used to do it all the time, lad. You know what hammer's for, don't you? What's a hammer for? Knocking nails in, lad. Yay! <laughs> Go on. Go on. So, 50 ducks. You reckon you could take 50 ducks? 50 ducks, yeah. Easily, but... Um, <laughs> not 50 if, they, if 51 comes in, I'm up, dog. For me, it's the size of the animal. Yeah, you got to go small. Yeah, I couldn't be like, it's... if you put me in a room with one ostrich, and the ostrich is back. Ah, mate, bigger. ostrich will do you. Ostrich is strong. Uh, so it depends on the size of the animal. Yeah, I, agree. I could do 100 mouse. I think I could do four pigs. Pigs are ruthless. Yeah, no, but they, like, buy, they do. Dick, like, you give them a good dick. Miniature reckon, pigs. No, I'd be more freaked out by the minute. No, I'm saying big, big old pigs. I reckon. Talking your experts, size pigs, tank. They're fucking bad, then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's it's a scale. Like you know, what I mean is, I don't like the idea of the ostrich in its neck or like birds and like their claws and that. Whereas a pig is just a pig. He's going to run at you. You just give him a dig, like. What's the object of this? Like you've got you've got to kill them, right? How are you killing four pigs? Oh, fuck me, mate. We're going to get... Listen, you'll have all the, all the woke people onto us now with fucking animal cruelty. No animals are harmed in this what, podcast. What's, what's a pro... When you say take them on, are they like just knocked out? I, I'm thinking like, fight to the death. Like, I'm thinking mean? death, right? I'm thinking... So how are you killing the pig, lad? Just punch him in the face. <laughs> Punching all pigs in the face, like, the that's, like yeah, I feel like it's the same as the shark. They've got, they've got big on. heads. But hold on, you punch a shark in the nose, he does one. So if I'm, if it, it's yeah, a but he runs off, snout. he doesn't fucking die. Yeah, but that's what I mean. If I give them a good old dig in the snout, they're gonna do one. Yeah, but you're in a room where they do yeah, one. They don't to? fancy it. They don't fancy it. Then so this is right. Hunger Games, lad. This is Hunger Games. Only one comes out alive. You know, pigs can eat you, eat a human whole chopped yeah, up. It's on that bone, you know. That pit. So if, um, if you get a pig, if you get a pig with knives, you might dice you and fucking yeah. eat you. If you don't. <laughs> yeah, but I think I might need to revisit this one, <laughs> mate. You're uh, getting killed by pigs. Yeah, I think I've mis, mis, uh, misread this situation. So, uh, Tank, you're gonna you're gonna batter thirty lobsters. Jim's doing fifty ducks, and I'm a little bit scared now of my uh, shout of doing four <laughs> eggs on the pigs. Gone too big, haven't you? <laughs> that was Jimmy. Four pigs for you was like freshest week back at uni. Wasn't mate, it? that's in a day, lad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we won't go down that that uh, that route for today's uh, podcast. So, lads, uh, pleasure as always. Everybody, do us a favour. Um, actually, we're starting to get a nice little following on the old Instagram there. Um, so, give us a check out on Instagram. We're going to start doing little video bits soon. Um, I'm going to, as I said, I think I said it last week. I'm going to turn Tank into a TikTok superstar. That is my uh, that is my plan with with TikTok. Gotta do some kick ups with some toilet roll first. Oh yeah, you're gonna yeah, you're gonna do the check. Yeah, for those that it. didn't see it, uh, we posted a video of Jimmy uh, doing some keepy ups with toilet roll, which was very impressive. But don't think I didn't know that you you flattened that toilet roll to make it exactly. easier to do. No, I didn't. You did. You did. You liar. I, see, I, you can I see swear it. to God, on my kids. In fact, I'll go do another one now, just straight off the bat. Okay. 
So whatever your no score is off this new one, ta- I'll have a go, Tank. Do you fancy Do you want it? slippers on or off? What, do you want Crocs on or off? What, I'll do it in anything, me, lad. You you do whatever you think will get, get the, the highest score. Tank, are you in? You're staying I'm very in, quiet I'm there. Like, he said the other day he was doing it, but he was in bed, and that was like a week ago. Yeah, so toilet roll. <laughs> I said it challenge. the other day, but it was a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lads, as I said, pleasure as always. Uh, for everybody that listens, um, do us a favor, please subscribe. It'll help the podcast. And um, as I said last week, the numbers are growing all the time, but we just need to try and get those subscriber numbers up. So if it's YouTube, give us a, a little follow and subscribe on there. I think we are 80 away from 1,000 now. And if we get to 1,000 subscribers, it means that we'll start doing the old live shows on YouTube. What could possibly go wrong there? Um, but, yeah, if you uh, if you could, that would be very much appreciated. So, most importantly, anyway, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll be back with you again next week on the Boot Room Podcast. All the best. Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys.